Welcome to Merrick's Experts, the podcast that provides analysis of current affairs in China. Hello, everybody. You're listening to Merrick's Experts, the podcast from the Mercata Institute for China Studies. I'm Claudia Wessling, Director of Communications here at the Institute. And today I'm joined by Miku Huatari, Executive Director of Merrick's. We will talk about the Communist Party of China, who will turn 100 in a couple of weeks. And as the CCP celebrates its centenary, it is more or seems more powerful than it has ever been. China's leaders are convinced that the governance model of the party state is proving itself as the superior political system. The West is in chaos, China is in order. That's the CCP's diagnosis of current global affairs. How will this assertiveness play out on the international stage and what are the implications for Europe? I'm hoping for Miko Hotari to answer some of my questions. Miko, despite all the self-confidence and assertiveness that the CCP is putting on display, they are also preparing for challenges ahead. Um, what exactly are these challenges the CCP wants to be prepared for? It's actually a combination of trends that are really worrying for the leadership in Beijing. Yeah. Politically, the coming years are probably the most precarious period in a decade. On the road to the 20th Party Congress, in fall 2022, Xi's men are really trying to clear the ground for extended Xi Jinping rule, a massive wave of disciplinary campaigns again um, going through the system. Um, we should not forget that um, Xi Jinping's rule has a cost um, to many leaders and senior elites in the system. The party's protocol for leadership succession has been broken, and it's not necessarily the case that everyone is following in line and convinced by Xi Jinping's approaches. Economically, Beijing will also be overseeing multiple challenges at the same time coming to a head in coming years. Productivity crisis, a crisis of social and regional inequality, high leverage in the financial system, social insecurity, um, all of these factors will keep leaders in Beijing quite occupied. And um, then in the international environment, it's also quite clear that technologically, CCP leaders are struggling to deal with deep dependence on critical supply chains and components and the threat of decoupling that the United States has certainly put on the table is something that keeps uh, leaders in Beijing awake at night. Um, And finally, quite clearly, there is internationally a picture of growing awareness of the China challenge. Like-minded countries are working more together and Beijing sees that as an interference of hostile forces. And they're also preparing for major political and geopolitical crises, such as in the Taiwan Strait. So a lot of um, challenges, mainly domestically, but also internationally. You mentioned the technological um, conflicts that are there. Um, Still, um, the Chinese leadership always seems pretty assertive when it comes to talking about systemic competition with other countries, democratic countries uh, in the first place. Why do you think they are so assertive when it comes to the question, are we winning this systemic competition or not? Well, look, to a large extent, this is also a narrative um, that is playing out for a domestic audience, but it's also a certain level of confidence Indeed, um, that China is in a position of strength or has major opportunities in the strategic environment currently as it sees the West in decline and failing to deliver with regard to certain economic um, benefits, um, growth opportunities, etc. But it's also fascinating to see how both sides, the West and China, recognize that there is a systemic challenge, but they have quite different perspectives on this. Um, one thing is clear for us, I think, that uh, we, it would be too easy to fall back to 
simple dichotomies such as capitalism, democracy, communism, dictatorship, etc. But it is a systemic competition that is playing out under conditions of deep interdependence and global connectivity. And for leaders in the West, this competition therefore is about dealing with a one-party state that is successfully integrating itself and restructuring global capitalism. It's shaping international rules, reinventing dictatorship under digital conditions. For China, however, yes, it is about projecting confidence and its systemic advantages playing out. But it's also a systemic competition that is about competition for sources of political robustness and economic stability, dealing with uncertainty, building up effective state capacity, and indeed preparing for what it perceives as existential global risks. Projecting confidence, what exactly does do other countries and international counterparts of China need to be prepared for? Well, most observers, and probably including at Merrick's, continue to hope that with challenges China's current leaders would turn back um, and it would be in its best interest to, to more open, liberal, cooperative and decentralized approaches. But um, the track record of Xi Jinping's decision-making and his leadership patterns from the past seven years really make it quite clear that a more likely trajectory is that China will be in permanent struggle mode, more often radical internally, and restricting international connections that are perceived as risky. So we need to be prepared for China's struggle mode and appearance of China that doesn't need the West anymore, or only very selectively. And while the CCP-led government is driving this development, it will also um, see nationalism and xenophobia coming more to the fore as compared to previous years. So expect a more nationalist, non-compromising and a more self-centered China that will seek to further limit and excessively control access to information and political actors in China. Thank you. I mean, we, we see this confrontation already taking place, especially in the US-China relationship. A lot of tension going on. What about Europe in this difficult environment? How should Europe position itself? I mean, it's difficult to say, to talk about Europe as a whole anyway, since all the countries have different interests. But what does this mean for European actors and how should they position themselves? First of all, I think there are three trends that um, Europeans need to be prepared. And indeed, it needs to be a European awareness and approaches that um, otherwise um, national member states and individual actors will not succeed in this competition. Three trends, integrating and competing with a party state economy that is expanding globally. Um, second, also facing up to what we will see um, really as a comprehensive Chinese national security state with global reach. And thirdly, embracing China risks much more clearly in recalibrating Europe's currently very mixed balancing and hedging strategies. And more specifically, um, I, I think it's quite clear that uh, Europeans need to be prepared for crisis and further politicization of doing business and interacting with China. In many cases, this, this requires investing in China competence and policy coordination. But it also means, and I think we have a lot of homework to do as Europeans in that space, steadiness and consistency. Actions on China need to be guided by clearly defined national security challenges. We need to identify our vital interests vis-a-vis -vis China, specify what assumptions we have when we look at China's development moving forward. And we also need to have a clear understanding of the desired end state of our relationship in the next 5, 10, 15 years and even further. So what all of this requires is, is that we need to maximize room for maneuvering. This will not be an easy period. It will be a period of um, um, indeed uncertainty. Um, so we need to work more closely with partners internationally. And at the end of the day, we need to win at home, not against China. 
by playing offense and running faster, focus on increasing innovation and being better than and not necessarily undermining competitors. That sounds like there's a lot of homework to do for Europeans, Miko. Thank you for being here today. This was our short version of Merrick's Experts. And Miko has contributed a chapter to our latest Merrick's paper on China on the CCP at 100. A lot of interesting analysis in there. And you find it on our website, www.merricks.org. Watch out for the CCP 100 visual. It leads you to our recent publications and also to Miko's chapter in our Merrick's paper on China. I am Claudia Wessling and thank you for listening. Goodbye. Have a good day. You have been listening to Merrick's Experts, the podcast from the Makato Institute for China Studies in Berlin. If you want to learn more about our work, please visit us at merricks.org.